watching the student's perspective. Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to A Student's Perspective, the weekly series that connects students with designers, manufacturers, educators, industry professionals, and design media celebrities to hear their stories on just how they've gotten to where they are now. Through our conversations, we connect the past, present, and future of design to show just how much we can learn from each other to grow towards our fullest potential without prescribed limitations. Think of a student's perspective as a weekly design lecture series from the student's point of view. A student's perspective is a division of the nonprofit University Hall of Innovation, whose goals are to connect students with the design industry through design challenges and mentorship, and a collaboration with the Marywood University Interior Architecture Program in Scranton, Pennsylvania. All interviews can be found in their video format at www a studentsperspective.tv. For more information or sponsorship inquiries, please contact University Hall of Innovation at gmail.com. Welcome back to another episode of A Student's Perspective. My name is Paige. I'm Steven. And today I'm here with Amy Van Dorp, Executive Director of With It. And so we're going to dive deep into how she relates all this back to market and um, what your organization really means and how it's offering the industry these connections. But would you like to just start with a quick introduction about yourself and how you first maybe brought yourself into this industry? Wow, that, that's uh, yeah, a tough we'll take one. it back first, uh, first all the way. One of the one of the things that I always tell students is you never know where you'll start. Mm -hmm. I actually am a graphic designer and I worked in publishing for the first 10 years of my, well, 20 years. And I started out with a magazine, worked for Elegant Bride magazine, did a lot of layouts, was doing all the graphic design, did some travel, then had a couple kids mm -hmm. and ended up um, taking some of my work freelance. And part of my freelance work was I knew some people in the furniture industry and started working part-time with this uh, organization called With It and immediately recognized the power of networking because every job I got after that I got through my network mm -hmm. through somebody that I met and that was very important and I watched um, all the women in this organization start working together and they would connect with each other and do business together and help each other find resources and find jobs and that's very powerful and was inspiring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so the goal of our podcast, I'm sure, as you already kind of know, is to talk about some of these endeavors and how one always falls into another. And usually at the when we reach fruition of the episode, it's that you never know when you stumble upon something how these relationships are built. So I think it's really special that you talk about networking so mm -hmm. early on, but really that's the core of what we're doing now, which is, is incredible. Um, so when that first began, what was that first kind of moment that one of those networks brought you back into this industry? Well, frankly, the editor of Elegant Bride magazine, mm -hmm. who I had worked for for 10 years, came into the furniture industry and she started hiring me for, for things. I had teeny tiny children, so I wasn't coming to market. I wasn't doing those things. But as they got older, I was able to take on more things. So she was one of my first people that brought me into the furniture industry. Um, and then my husband also works in the furniture industry, so I knew some of his contacts. Mm -hmm. And as you meet people and develop relationships, it's really about relationships. Mm -hmm. That everyone that you meet, you meet someone new through them. Mm -hmm. And I have seen people 
do incredible. I have just incredible <laughs> things that happen to people, including myself, through through knowing other people and through networking. Yeah. And I think some of the things about networking, um, it's so it has a it can't have a stigma of just being like, okay, I just need to get get what I'm going to get, so I need to meet this person and do that. But it, it then works conversely of, okay, I'm at this point, how do I pull up kind of from behind? And so one of the things, it, and I've been on the outskirts of with it for a long time, and, and just being at market and seeing everything you've done and the scholarships and having my own students partake. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that I've seen there is that it, it is so much about empowering those who are at that same level, but then making sure that you're you're pulling up kind of from below as well. Yes, and networking is, networking has a bad stigma, especially among students, because they feel like, I think people feel very, um, they're unsure of themselves, and so they feel like, I don't have anything to offer somebody else that I'm networking with. Mm -hmm. And it's it's not so transactional, it really is not. You're, you're just meeting people, and yeah. pe we forget that other people want to meet us too and see what, <laughs> what it is that we're doing because you don't know where you'll find your next resource. Yeah. And with it, we're, we are very intentional about our networking. People come to me all the time with questions, problems, um, job opportunities, mm -hmm. uh, they're looking for a job, and you know, my proudest thing is to be able to connect people with that. I think that's a really good point you make, though, about the stigma that's surrounding it, and especially with students. And that's something I didn't even realize myself for a long time. Um, and I think that's because, one, we're nervous to talk mm -hmm. to our elders and people of power. <laughs> and we hate being called elders. Well, <laughs> Those who came before us. We'll, okay. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. We'll go that. But like you said, that's more of a transactional thing. Um, and I think at our university at Marywood, we try to open up that environment, make it more conversational, having discussions about like your work, your projects, your process, um, make that more of a conversation so you have a comfort level to discuss what's important. And networking is that same branch. It's doesn't have to, I'm gonna walk up to you with my business card and ask you these three questions on my list. It's more often than not that the best networking opportunities you find are through casual conversation that you meet. It, you end up stumbling upon them, it's not quite, um, forced. Right, right. Well, and there are times that maybe you have three questions that you need to get answered. Right, right. And you meet somebody and you can um, ask them those questions then. Or you can say, hey, can I can I email you later? Can I have yeah. your business card? Can I email you later? Mm -hmm. Or can I have five minutes? I have, you know, just a couple things. Yeah. Um, at least in with it, our culture is that we're very generous with that. Um, yeah. We want people to call us. And we bring students to our annual conference every year. We've done that since 2010. Mm -hmm. And one of the best stories that I have is that uh, we brought 10 students in 2010. We didn't know exactly how that would work, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, you throw all these students in with 150 really energetic, powerful, flamboyant mm -hmm. um, women in the industry, and it can be very intimidating, but uh, we took the time to shepherd them. So we hooked them up with a couple of members who talked to them about networking. What can they get out? How do they, how do they use the conference? Because it's not about using it, but how, what, what should you be doing? Who should you be talking to? You're not going to be sitting in the back of the room 
and just sit by yourself and don't talk to anybody. But how, how do you make those introductions and who should you talk to? So there was one student there who came and she uh, was getting ready to graduate from High Point University in interior design. She needed an internship. She was trying to figure out what she wanted to do. She got her attendee list, which is a printed list. First night she went back to her hotel room. She read every single title on that list circled all the people that she wanted to meet and then she went through the conference and tried to meet all those people mm -hmm. through the course of that she met somebody who was working on a big HGTV project doing paint colors and for Basson and this woman was very impressed with her said hey I could use an intern Wow. used her for an intern. She ended up leaving High Point University and getting a job with Bassett Home, working on that HGTV project. And it really launched her, her career. She did 10 years worth of merchandising, and now she has her own interior design firm. But, you know, that kind of, that's a very powerful story. Yeah. And it was just through talking with somebody at a conference and saying, you know, this is what I want to do, what advice would you give me? Right. Right. And I think for those of you who have not been to a high point market, I've heard it expressed a few ways this week. Um, so this is spring 2023 market and uh, several people have said that that high point market is the, the Super Bowl of, of home furnishings and, and whatnot. It's the largest home furnishings trade show in the world. Um, but there are so many people from so many realms and it's so it's not even just the um the the sit down kind of planned events okay so we were walking last night and and someone ha had to had to brush past me on the sidewalk and and excuse himself and he, as he turned around we ended up in a probably 45 minute conversation that started with my mustache uh -huh. and <laughs> then progressed into how how he was gonna um, how he wanted to help the the nonprofit how he wanted to help everything we're doing the students and, and whatnot and and he's been embedded here for since he was 19 and and it's um it's those kind of, of side interactions that happen where okay maybe I'm not not confident enough to reach out to you when we're when we're sitting together in an event or we're sitting at right. the same table but I'm gonna see you three or four more times in this week and. By the fourth time when we're standing at the coffee shop waiting for something, it's like, oh, no, I really enjoyed this. And it's going to then blossom into something. And those are when the real things start to happen. Correct. Or you take their business card back and you reach back out to them later and Absolutely. say, it was so nice to meet you. Um, this is what I'm doing. You know, if, could I talk to you about it? Right. Yeah. I think it's incredible to have mentors, too. I mean, you said that list that she built, that student. Um, people that, you, that inspire you, people that right. are really passionate about what you're passionate about. And that can be the nerve-wracking thing sometimes. And I think a similar scenario with just some of the networking that goes on here is some of these bigger names are intimidating a lot of the they time. Um, and and just like that busy. Right, right, hard to pinpoint. And that's always the case. But in those interactions, brushing by on the street, um, that's when you maybe get that 10, five minutes to have that perfect little conversation and right. that blip into something else. The Wonderful. end of a seminar, when people are kind of milling around, that's a good time to talk to somebody. That's when you bounce. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I have met people in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you just never know. And it's not that you have a 45 minute conversation, but, <laughs> right. but one or two times of saying hello is what is sort of 
develops that face recognition yeah. and that relationship. Yeah, or market to market and, and right. whatnot. I mean, so it happens twice a year. And so, yeah, it's that, it's that there's the slow building and then there's the <laughs> quick building. Now, I know probably over the last kind of 10 years or so that I've been involved with market and teaching students for as long as I have and whatnot, I think there's conversely the other side of students who want to do everything by themselves and want to to feel that if somebody else helps me, it's going to take away from what I'm doing and I've got to prove myself and those types of things. And um, how have you had that kind of experience at, at all? And, and how, how have you started to combat some of that maybe? Well, I don't know if you would consider that a little bit of imposter syndrome yeah. of people Absolutely. who, I, I see that more of people are a little bit afraid of letting someone help them because, you know, uh, they feel like they have to prove themselves. And, um, you know, that's all a mindset. And, and it, you do get by that. Um, I think the first time that you have someone, and you may not realize they're going to be your mentor, they're just somebody who offers you a snippet of advice that helps move you forward. And that is, those things are just invaluable. And, you know, one of the real deep tenets of Lipid is mentoring and you, you network to create relationships and mentoring is a relationship and so it's not it's not something where you come into with it and you apply for a mentor you yeah. might reach out to me and say I need to meet somebody who um, knows a lot about textiles I'm getting ready to do something in textiles and I might hook you up that relationship might not go anywhere it might become a lifelong friendship mm -hmm. so you know, everyone you meet can help you. Yeah. You know, your mom, your best friend's mom. Yeah. Absolutely. You don't, your boss, you don't know where it will come from. And it's important to keep those relationships current. Um, one of the most powerful things that I heard said at the With It Breakfast last market, we had four CEOs on the, on the main stage talking about being in the industry and how they got to where they were. And they were talking about mentoring, and one of them said, you know, the hardest thing is if you've mentored someone and then you never hear from them, and then two years later they call you and ask you for advice, and you're like, I don't really know who you are. So it's important to remember that nurturing all those relationships is important because down the road you may need them. Yeah, even those small interactions, just checking back in on both sides, I think, I think are important. And, yes. And not, I think, Everyone is capable of mentoring. Not everyone is maybe wired mm -hmm. to, to do it in the same way. And so I think people need to understand kind of both of those situations where it's like you can you can hope to get something from it from an interaction and, and not get it, but it's like, okay, so that just becomes the now what's my next my next way around it? Do I try this again with this same person or do I then try and make my way around that right. way, but yeah. Well, there's a couple things that are important to remember too, is you can give back even as a student. Um, someone who say the president of Norwalk Furniture, Caroline Hipple is very visible at a lot of our events. She is so open. She wants to talk to young people. I mean, a lot hurt. She realizes their future customer is this kind of person. She wants to know things about how you want to buy. She wants to hear what you're interested in. What's your path, pathway to purchase? What, you know, what you care about? And so she's getting something from knowing a young person as well. Yeah. And 
you know, I think that's what young people are worried about. You know, oh, I don't know anything. Yeah, I can speak to that fondly. And I mean, I got a good grasp on that at the WOW Awards the other day Mm -hmm. as well. And I mean, already filled with an incredible room of people and mentors and my own mentor being there and being congratulated himself. But they all had such a poise to them. And in every single conversation, when they gave their thank yous, it was always about a codependency. It was about the give in mentorship. And Mm -hmm. that was very gratifying to hear on my end, being mentored for, I mean, especially throughout college and especially throughout growing into the industry now and beginning, um, it's so special. But to hear that they are just as grateful in the long run was really, really sweet. And even just having the simple conversations like we continue to say, but one of the other award winners right beside me um, and him just having a small conversation. When Steven was up accepting his award, I was probably a little bit more excited than normal and taking the video and he was like, that's his, right? Yeah. It's got to be him. And that was really sweet, just to have that small interaction while it was all taking place. Yeah. I, I, um, I'm very gratified by those events where you can honor people. And I, I see so many giving people who, um, they take so much time and care with, their, with the people around them. And that's one of the beautiful things about the furnishing, home furnishings industry. It really feels like a family. And people who leave it, they come back because it's it's different than other industries. You know, it feels like a small, small industry. You know? I was going to bring Yes, up we before. just met a couple. Well, we met before the <laughs> right. pandemic and then right. that sort of made yeah. things fall We re-met. <laughs> we, we became reacquainted. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now, whenever we see each other, mm-hmm. we'll be able to catch up. And so... And you know the resources I have, and I know the resources you have, and you know, those are wonderful things. I've always felt that it's a community that offers and wants people to grow. Uh, yes. Consistently share that information, resources, just like you said. But there's, I mean, there's a stigma of a competitive nature that exists between maybe showrooms yes. and vendors, but I don't think that's the case across the board. I mean, I think speaking to any type of designer on a day-to-day walking through market, it's about providing those resources and showing you the next best thing or saying, like, reminding you of the hotspots around campus and telling you what to check out around High Point. Right. Um, yeah, I think that's that's changed over the years. It has yeah. changed it's, over the years. It's, it's been, and, and we've talked to a lot of a lot of designers here. We've talked to a lot of companies. We've talked to a lot of, we've talked to the former um, uh, directors of, of companies and, and, and market authority and everything and and they've said the same exact thing where it's they've seen the shifts happen mm-hmm. and designers who have said it used to be you would find your vendor and you would you would kind of hoard them and you wouldn't yes. want anybody else to know about right. it and it's it's now a more um, a more inclusive kind of thing we want to share we want to um, everyone wants to mentor and so one of the things in, in, in my kind of remarks the other night was like yeah we we are all every every interaction you have is a mentorship opportunity on both sides mm-hmm. and it's this my students i learn as much from them as they do from me and it's like there's a lot of i think um but yeah that familial atmosphere of of okay this is what i have i want to share it with you and and i'm not going to ask you for something but if you have something and you share it with me that's that's great and it's just that that mm-hmm. kind of symbiosis and so at our school, it's they uh, do a lot of it's it's founded by uh, Sisters of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and so they're it's 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 a very um, very much about kind of 
that that tradition of, of working together and so something that we, we've been talking about a lot is interdependence and how everyone like no one can exist in a vacuum no so we always need, need someone at some point mm -hmm. with with different types of um different that different levels of, of, of thing and it's okay it's, right. it's, it's okay to need someone it's okay to to open be open to that um it's just so many people are scared to yeah. to really like just lay it out there and, and say yeah i don't know i need help and, and yeah so it's There's like you, you have to kind of vulnerability yeah. there right i mean it makes you feel very vulnerable right. but i think as especially as you get some experience you realize that some of those vulnerable moments or those times when there's failure mm -hmm. are, are the biggest opportunities and the biggest periods of growth. Um, you change your business, you tweak it, you something falls through and so a different you take a different path and all of a sudden you're like on a whole different level. Mm -hmm. And you know, that is exciting. Has there been any moment that has stood out over your time with, with it that you're like, okay, that's that was sort of a um, like the light bulb turned on or there was just like you, you, you can pinpoint something that just kind of changed the, the, the face of, of what was happening and like well for the industry or for with it just or for students yes for students just yes yes all, all <laughs> of the <laughs> above and yeah no, Paige knows that's, I, awesome. that's <laughs> like one of my favorite things to say is my students would be like do you like this or this or should I do this or this and it's just Yes. yes, you have okay. to try it and then we'll know, so yeah. Well, in 2006, when I sort of came uh, to the industry part-time, I was I was helping out, um, interior designers were just kind of coming to market and they were not welcomed everywhere. Yeah. And they weren't welcomed into a lot of the big showrooms. The showrooms wanted, they wanted Macy's and the, the big retailers because, you know, they thought they had to sell their furniture by container. Mm -hmm. and that that was the best way to do it. And so that was a big, when they started getting that point, mm -hmm. you know, and you would come to market, there wouldn't be the seminars, you know. Who has time to go to seminars? Designers who are shopping. You know, you wanted the retail buyers. So that has, that just that little shift has changed a lot. And, you know, I was in Philip's collection and he said 80% of his residential customers are interior designers. And that a lot of times they buy more than retail stores. Oh, yeah. You know, they're bigger customers. So that's that was an important shift. Um, as far as for students, from with its perspective, um, we've had a couple things, big things happen. In 2015, we had um, a member who brought who brought money to us for student scholarships and she saw what we were doing for students just on a smaller scale raising money you know two thousand dollars at a time to to do our student programs and she said you know she learned that there was a trust through heritage home group and got us some money through that trust and you know when you have thirty thousand dollars you can do a whole lot more give more scholarships bring more students to programs um, and that that was a big game changer for us so we went from giving two scholarships a year to giving anywhere from 10 to 14 actually in 2015 we or in 2017 we gave 17 scholarships wow yes yeah. and we also give scholarships to women in the industry who are looking for a high who are working towards a higher degree mm -hmm. that's an important thing as well 
So you talked about the introduction of students early on through With It. Um, mm -hmm. And we often ask this to several people that we interview, but I think it's entirely crucial for you. How do you see either things progressing or improving? What do you see the future like for students and High Point Market? How are those going to merge and continue to merge? Well, I see more organizations bringing students to market. I mean, With It has had a um, student mentoring day every fall for since um, 2002 or something. All right. I, we have 100 students come. We have about a half a day program uh, that includes a speaker and roundtables and showroom tours. They usually get to have lunch somewhere and a company owner or major designer will talk to them about what they're doing in their showroom. Mm -hmm. You know, just a real, that's good for sort of the lower level students coming in. Right. And, um, but I've seen, you know, other organizations who are bringing students back who are maybe just a little further along in their sort of journey and taking them to production facilities mm -hmm. and they're introducing them to more designers and it's become a couple of day program. So it's not just, you know, we are all working at this together, mm -hmm. trying to help revitalize our industry. There are lots of jobs here. There's lots of opportunities, but our, the people who work in this industry are aging mm -hmm. and we need to bring in lots of young people, lots of young perspectives and to build the pipeline. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to go. Yeah, I'm a really big fan, obviously, coming from a student yeah. who was able to attend market at, at mm -hmm. one point. Um, that gap that you take, that leap that you take once you do graduate and then your first market, that can be extremely intimidating. So having the exposure prior is mm -hmm. so important. And even if it's just through learning a little bit more on social media about High Point and what it kind of entails, because you already know it's impossible to describe what this experience is like is. and yeah, yeah. How, what the scale of this is like and how yeah. it doesn't just exist in in Swedes or in in show place it's, it's so not beyond. one building <laughs> yes exactly yeah and not even quite just one town there's connections and relationships um, all throughout high right. and beyond between the manufacturers and the plants and I think that's a great thing to start to expose these students to um, more and more right right and now um, high point by design is really opening things up so that designers and students can come more than just during High Point Market and see yeah. a lot of the production that happens here in High Point. Right, right. You know, I realize a lot of furniture is imported from Asia mm -hmm. or Mexico, um, but you know, there's still a lot that happens here. Oh yeah, that's a beautiful thing and I think sometimes there's a, another stigma around just High Point in general. It's like well, what's happening in High Point, North Carolina? Like, and, there's almost a level why of confusion is it so there. Special? Yeah, yeah it's, it's everything is located here. The density of it all, and, and it's beautiful, beautiful to call that um, nationwide. That this is honing in on that, and I don't think students also build that relationship to understand that this is the, the beauty of it all and the epitome of where you can find everything. Right. You can talk to the manufacturers, you can talk to the showroom owners, you can talk to the designers, all in one place, and the majority right. of them are maybe not the majority of them, but a good percentage of them are here year round. Yes, and you know, I travel I travel to other markets, so mm -hmm. I also go to the Las Vegas market. And, you know, they have furniture and it is not the same. It is, it's not the same, um, just volume. Mm -hmm. There is a volume here that is unbelievable. Yeah. And um, 
I was telling you all that a student contacted me last fall and said she wanted to come to High Point for a day or so, and she was just going to come on her own. And, you know, what should she do? And I said, well, why don't you walk with me for a day? Because that's a, there's a lot. And we went to seminars and, you know, just walked the halls and met people. And I showed her some different kinds of companies that were working in furniture. And, um, and then the second day, I got her on with, with a member who had her help with her style spotter tour. So she was, you know, on this tour. And then she actually walked um, and shopped with an mm-hmm. interior designer. And those are the kinds of things that, you know, having having an organization or someone to go to. Yeah. And it's not just with it. IDS has a wonderful has wonderful people that can help you as well. So does the uh, ISFD, the Society for Furniture Design, High Point by Design, the Bean and Stock Library. All of all of these organizations are interested in helping and in shepherding students. There's more yeah. than enough. Um, help to go around here yeah there's an entire alphabet of organizations that are that are doing things we had this discussion a little bit ago too and i think um and and each one of them treats their 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 presence at high point differently and kind of organizes things differently Mm -hmm. but um high point is one of those things that's sort of a chicken or the egg kind of idea of until you come here you don't understand it you might think you have an idea or you might not even have an idea and right. so that's when i started bringing students down i had never been here in 2015 i brought a group and then all of a sudden when they go back they start telling people and then it just it's it's the whole the pantene commercial where it's like they told two friends and they told two <laughs> friends and it just keeps on going and going and I so i want to go to high point yeah, yeah absolutely right the and, ball rolls right and and then they go into other educational opportunities, whether they start teaching or whether they're working in, in, uh, in offices and it kind of continues to, to grow. I think I was talking to a designer last night who said that she had changed firms and that firm had no idea oh what my goodness. High Point yeah. really was. <laughs> and well, it's, yeah. and there are firms that they shop internationally. Right. I mean, there's also shows in Paris and Milan right. and Germany and of course in Asia that's more of shows for furniture manufacturing mm-hmm. um, but all of those shows are important to know about and to go to and they they hit a little bit of a different demographic too mm-hmm. you know ICFF in New York City might be a train ride away for you guys yeah. and that's a great uh, it's a great introduction but the ICFF show is about as big as this floor yeah you know of this mm-hmm. building and this is just one building of Many, many, many buildings in High Point. Two million square feet of showrooms yeah. across the city of High Point. Which yeah. is hard to even imagine. Yeah, it's just, it's a number. You're like, oh yeah, that's just a bunch of zeros. Yeah. But it's like when you look at the map and it's, you realize it's like, okay, we are here and everything else is way yeah, out here. Exactly. It's, like, it's, it's wild. And it's all furniture showrooms yeah. mm-hmm. and di- or different kinds of products. It's right. not furniture, it's also lighting and textiles and accents accents. Mm -hmm. and it's been beautiful to see the um the established companies who have been here forever and then the new companies start to come in and then the 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 companies that start you know what i mean and and uh just because of their proximity to high point and, and whatnot so i think just that growth and that that progression i think has been really beautiful um 
So I got some some literature. So do you want to talk about maybe some of the the programming and some of the things that are associated with with it that that students can take advantage what of? Is that it? yeah, what is maybe, with it? Yeah, yeah. What is with it? Well, with it, the actual with it stands for Women in the Home Industries Today, and it was started in 1997 by a group of women who had sort of banded together in High Point because there were not many women. Now, <laughs> my son was born in 1996, so it does not feel like that was that long ago. And, um, but really back then there were not that many women here and they really had to fight and scrimp and uh, claw their way up. So, you know, the women that would be here, there weren't interior designers. They weren't really welcome here even in 1997. So, you know, they would be uh, women maybe in the media or working in marketing or working the front desk of a showroom. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with its whole purpose at that time was to bring, bring women into the industry and support them. And we're still doing that today, but Along the way, we discovered, yes, women are coming in, we've got them, but they need a lot of leadership development. Mm -hmm. You know, back then we used to hear a lot about um, women lacked confidence. There were all these stigmas about around women that aren't true. You know, right. you're only as confident, you're, you're not confident if somebody tells you you can't do it. Mm -hmm. You know, if your boss um, keeps having you train someone and then they promote them above you, mm -hmm. I mean, then you, you lose that confidence but that's not the case and so we really started focusing on leadership development and now our tagline is that we're a women's leadership development network mm -hmm. and really it's about developing those skills we do a lot of programming that is leadership driven um, our whole educational our professional conference which we hold every year has is around a theme it's always around leadership mm -hmm. But it's it's usually around a topic, and next this year it's uh, next generation leadership. Mm -hmm. We're talking about the fact that there's four generations of people in the workforce, and how do we get all of those people to talk together and work together? They sometimes use different language. They like to communicate differently. They expect <laughs> different things. They yes. want different things. But it's all valid. It's not that one is better than the other. And honestly, you know, that's an important piece. So we will talk about what those are, how they work together. We'll talk about how different people buy different things. Mm -hmm. Where we actually talk about, have somebody talking about um, retail and mm -hmm. how, what kind of path to purchase does each different generation want. Mm -hmm. And then we'll talk about inclusion in this multi-generational workplace and how do we make everyone feel included and create culture where people want to be here. And also coaching and how do we coach the different generations differently so it helps people at all levels you know and at our conference and this is actually the most important thing about with it you can come to something and meet the president of companies mm -hmm. and big companies and also students yeah. and all across the spectrum and and it's a you know it's flat we don't treat the CEOs more importantly than we treat the students right. Yeah, and I was actually going to ask that question, and maybe it now sounds like a silly question. When's the right time to get involved? With Any time. Right, and yeah. you say even from the student perspective. Yes, so. we have a $35 student membership. $35 is for like stu the students and like first year out of school. Mm -hmm. We realize that they're not, you know, companies, 
you got to, it takes a lot of guts to ask your company to pay for a membership. Right. So a $35 membership is very doable for, mm-hmm. for a student. You're, you have access to all of our events. We give student rates to things. We give lots of scholarships. Mm-hmm. But the most important thing about with it is to get involved. So, you know, if you join, either come to things or join a committee. I love to have students mm-hmm. on a committee because they're such sponges mm-hmm. and they bring great ideas and, you know. They're curious, um, they're energetic. They're yeah. curious and energetic. Um, in 2020, when the pandemic happened and everything closed down, um, with it had a conference planned and we realized quickly we were not going to be able to get together at a hotel and have a big conference. So I had a conference co-chair who was like, uh, I think she's 24. Mm -hmm. And she was one of our co-chairs working with someone who was very experienced. And we figured out how to put our conference online, Mm -hmm. you know, and having someone young who was, she was like real tech savvy, was very open and we fit, you know, able, we were able to figure it out. And, you know, we were one of the first organizations to put on an online conference and it was a huge success. The benefits for with it, we now have all of that content recorded Mm -hmm. and that's, that's available to our, to our members. Mm -hmm. Um, We even put on a student mentoring day that was on this platform Mm -hmm. and it is recorded too. So, you know, we're intentional about what we do. And we value all members at all levels. I'm just going to say it's also wonderful to have this growing platform to bring awareness to this. Sometimes there's mm-hmm. communities or groups that you can join, but they seem almost, um, I don't want to say elitist, but harder to find and right. harder to know you can get involved and you can do these things. And so, again, that's another reason why we have this podcast is to make people aware as yeah. early as possible. It's not just IIDA. It's not just... ISMD, like there's plenty of other organizations that speak to the empowerment I think we're looking for. Right, and get involved with one, mm-hmm. you know? Right, right. Jump yeah. in, yeah, pick one and, pick see one and get involved with it. Yeah. You know, with it is not the, the be all end all, okay. and it may not be the perfect one for every person. Yeah. Um, but pick one and get involved and you will not regret it. Mm-hmm. You know? But I would probably say this as well, don't think that you've got to do all of them at the same no, time, yeah. because you can't no. keep up with everything. No. And so, yeah, start slow, we, work your way in, find your way around, those types yeah. of things. Now, the conference, um, does it does it take place in different cities every year? Um, how, should, how do you get, like, how can someone um, uh, attend? Do you, mm-hmm. like, you have to be a member? Involved. Like, those kinds yeah. of things. Well, obviously, anyone can attend. You can find out more information at withit.org. Events are, are annual conference if you get a with it scholarship we bring all of those scholarship students to the conference that's part of their scholarship i know you've had Mm -hmm. several of your students attend that way and it's a great opportunity for a student to come Um, we do a whole program we try to shepherd them (laughs) make sure they know what they're doing Um, but you know there are other industry conferences i know the bean and stock library has a really important design conference that they do where they bring students to high point so there there are other things but um you know and if you need a scholarship to a conference you call me or send me an email Uh, i have a hard time saying no (laughs) i think we all appreciate that advice um 
and just the encouragement for inclusion and to continue to put yourself out there right. on a daily basis. Right. And, you know, I find students are, they are just too shy. You know, it is the persistent kind of driven students who, who you know, jump right in. Right. But you have to remember that everybody is welcome. And, you know, if you feel shy about it, we, we connect you with somebody and yeah. hook you up. And, um, you know, we definitely had members who seemed a little shy until we, yeah. you know, got them in, let them meet a few people. And it's it's a good experience. And like you said, people of all ages, too. I mean, it say you just made this switch in the furnishings industry or you're just making this switch in interior right. design and you're not the youngest in the room either doing that. I think there's mm -hmm. also going to be, you're going to be a little bit shyer. You're going to be a little bit nervous, but I, I always find joy too in some of the panels that we watch and there's several people that are just shooting their hands up, asking questions after it's all over continuously. It's like, it's going right. back to the same person. <laughs> Those are the people that are energetic to learn and absorb. We keep saying that term sponge, but to see that everything that there is to offer and continue to get those resources and utilize them while you have them available. Utilize them, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. And the other thing too is um, don't be afraid to step out and you may find that interior design is not exactly the thing that you want to do. Yeah. You might be better at sales mm -hmm. and find a real opportunity there. You, Because sales is relationships, yep. that, that talking to people and relating to people may be just what you need mm -hmm. or um, showroom design yeah. you know you might want to be the person that puts the fat picks the right. fabrics for for um, furniture which is called merchandising mm -hmm. and a lot of people don't know that so you the more you meet people the more careers you find the more uh, you probably will change <laughs> what, what it is yeah. that you want to do right so I think this is this is a point where I can ask what normally would be our, our final question, but okay. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to turn it into two. Okay. All right. And so they're going to be bookends, and so one is going to be fast forward ten years. Mm -hmm. What do you What do you see? What do you hope for with it? Like just what's yeah? Mm -hmm. Where Where is with it at that point? What do you think? Um, in ten years, mm -hmm. I hope with it is still. Uh, I still want it to be a warm and inviting and inclusive community, but I'd like it to be double the size. Yeah. And I'd like it to have really vibrant events at more of the markets so that we, it's not just feeling at high point, mm -hmm. but we, you know, we have some uh, networking in Las Vegas and Dallas, but I'd like that to be a good piece. The other piece is I really want to see more CEOs in the C-suite and I want with it to keep preparing women to take that and to feel that they could take that next opportunity. Mm -hmm. Now, an interior designer probably isn't on that track, but there are lots of women who need that extra push. And, um, you know, I'd like with it to keep, have more women in the C-suite. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, and I think that's that's a great, um, a great aspiration. Mm -hmm. um, so Paige had mentioned the, the WOW Awards the other day yes. and so I was lucky enough to be to be part of that and one of the award winners um, for mentorship. You received a Wow Award from Thank you. Thank you. Yes. But um, so there were there were two males who, who won right. out of out of a, a group of ten. Um, amazing, amazing female uh, heads of, of companies and designers and, and all kinds of things. And the the other male um, 
uh, winner, he started his, his remarks saying, when I first got this, I was about to turn it down because I figured, why, why me? Like this needs to go to someone else. And then he said, well, why not me? Because it needs to be, it needs to be everyone mm -hmm. trying to, uh, trying to build up and, and, uh, to, women. yeah, to, to empower, empower women. And, and mm -hmm. I think that was, that was something that was very, um, it resonated with me a lot. And a lot of most, the majority of my students are, are female. Um, and I think that's, that's something that, that I see, I see my daughter, I, I want, I want that, I want to build right. that world. So I think that's, that's something that's really, really kind of beautiful thinking about that, that yeah, we want to, we want to double our, our population. Right. And that's not only the members, but we want to double the population of, of, of CEOs and of, of designers and, and, and whatnot that are, that have that power. Right, right. So second part. Is there a question there? Yep. Yeah. No, could no, that was the, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, could I make absolutely. a comment there? Mm -hmm. So why is it import, still important for, for women? There is absolute research out there that women are less likely to take opportunities, and they're also less likely to um, take an opportunity that's a stretch than than men. And the important part is that we need to keep empowering women to believe that I can take that job. So a man, uh, a woman will look at a job and say, "Well, I can't do all those things, so I shouldn't apply for that." Mm -hmm and a man will not. We gotta keep saying that. And that's why, you know, I've had people ask me, how can I help the women on my team? And I say, you push them. You push them a little bit more. You give them the opportunities. You know, you don't just let the loudest person in the room be the one that takes that stretch opportunity. Maybe you push somebody that you see the potential in. To teach them confidence. To teach yeah. them confidence. And it's, it's as much confidence as just feeling that they yeah, can, yeah, you know. Yeah. And of course, at With It, we say, <laughs> if you don't know how to do it, reach out to somebody and they will help you figure out what you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. I have, we have a text string with all of my former <laughs> hosts, and I think I we, so we share memes and all kinds of things uh -huh. back and forth and whatnot. I think I shared one not too long ago that was, if you spend enough time with me, you'll believe that you can do anything. Right. So yeah, I think that's right. that's that's really important. And but, I like to be that. Way. I I like to think of myself as Ted Lasso. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so now we'll go to that final question, which mm -hmm. is if, and, and it's going to go in the opposite direction and say, if, if you could go back now to your student self, knowing everything that you've, you've experienced up to this point, is there a piece of advice that you would give, give yourself? And, and, and I mean, specifically about you at that point, but just right. students in general, I mean, we've given a lot of advice mm -hmm. and, and whatnot, but your own personal journey, like? Well, you know what I just did? Mm -hmm. Because I I did not take that reach opportunity that was offered to me. Right. And part of it was fear and lack of, just feeling like I don't think I can do that. I shouldn't, I shouldn't take that on. Right. And so I turned down a big opportunity and I do regret that. Yeah. So, you know, I take the leap. yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So I'm, I'm preaching it. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, I mean, luckily, that led to everything else. Correct. So, I feel yeah. like I'm doing exactly what I should be doing. Right. And maybe that other place was not what, it's not right. all my skills, mm -hmm. right. you know. Yeah. And that's everything about this organic path that we keep talking about. I mean, right. there's always going to be a handful of regret, perhaps, but that's why we're teaching the younger generation. Your career is a journey. That. Yeah. It's a, it's a journey and it's never going to be a straight line. Mm -hmm. It's right. always going to be a winding path. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
All right. Well, thank you so much Thanks for so joining much. us. We really, really appreciate it. It was a wonderful conversation. Um, and if you enjoyed this conversation, please make sure to like and follow and subscribe all of our different platforms and to make sure to tune in next week as the conversation continues. From a student's perspective. We hope you liked this discussion with the design industry from a student's perspective. Please like, share, and comment, and stay tuned for more inspiring conversations to come.